So in the last few days we've uh, all been focusing around uh, gathering and uh, inviting, welcoming, sharing, cooperating, putting forth effort <coughs> to uh, respond to incoming uh, summoners, coming here for a celebrate our katina, also the many, many lay followers coming in to offer their support on all levels, moral, spiritual and uh, material to our, our community, our Dhamma fairing, offering support freely just because they love doing it. You know? Mm. And uh, someone is coming some come from Italy, Switzerland, you know, traveling long distances. Imagine uh, Chandasiri getting a train through the night. <laughs> you know, from Scotland, long train ride through the night from Scotland to be here. Imagine Majiro, you know, going to his mother's funeral and then rushing down here to be here. <laughs> to be somehow participate and help and listen, learn and offer, you know, putting forth a lot of effort, not comfortable, tiring, yeah, details, 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 train rides, tickets, mm. do this, do that, clean this, put that, put that away, clean that room out, tidy this up, what do they need, I don't know, details, 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 yeah, mm. We're gathering also for our sort of our Sangha business, you know, the formal Sangha business meetings, details. What to do about this place, what to do about that place. Contemporary issues, you know, transgender, how do we accommodate transgender people in these places to reach out, to include more. And so on and so on and so on. Not easy, uh, not comfortable, not relaxed, not... <laughs> Are thinking, working, trying, failing, disagreeing, agreeing, getting it, you know, see what we can do, you know. And so, of course, the details can be, some of them quite a lot of fun, you know, joyful. Some are just hard work, gritty, tiring, you know. And, of course, one can feel, if you just look at the detail, you think, oh, I do this, so much going on, Left with a kind of unhappy state of mind, mm. but unskillful state of mind, because when one's irritated or, you know, then you know, unskillful states will arise and then unskillful actions, unskillful moods will arise. Mm. Somebody's got to remember why <laughs> all these details. Uh, because of the big picture, yeah. the big picture, everybody's putting forth energy in how to support a whole whole environment, a whole way of life, an oasis in this tormented world. How to support an oasis of some kind of trust and peace and virtue of being taught and lived out in a world that's gone blind with hatred and greed and delusion. It's worth working a bit for that. We get the big picture, think, yeah, okay, I'm up for that. Get to the details, oh, yeah, like 
get the big picture that he has, right? And then you focus on that, focus on the big picture, then somehow the disagreeable things don't seem to really get in there, don't cause unskillful states to rise. They're still not particularly pleasant in themselves, you know, but they don't cause unskillful states to arise, which is the main thing. Life is not pleasant <laughs> all the time, sometimes it is, but it sure isn't pleasant all the time. Uh, things aren't fitting into my biological rhythms. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Sometimes I'm tired. But what can be avoided is unskillful states. <laughs> that's what counts, because that's in the long run, that's what counts. Uh, and one should make every effort to avoid unskillful states, every effort to cultivate skillful states. This is what counts for one's own welfare and the welfare of others. And this is what strengthens the heart, purifies the view, gets the perspective. What are we doing? Our job is to cultivate skillful states. <laughs> and uh, in real time, not just in theory, but in real time. And maybe that's worth working for, you know? I think it is. So in, in one word, you know, what are, we, what are we here for? We look at the whole picture and we say, well, this is about Kalyanamita, isn't it? That's one word we can use. Buddha said, the whole of the holy life, Kalyanamita. Kalyanamita, Kalyana. The beautiful, the inspiring, the uplifting, the worthy, the lovely. Uh, an epithet of the Dhamma. Kalyana in the beginning, the middle and the end. Sound, worthy, bright, uplifting. Kalyana, Kalyanamita. Those who associate. Uh, Mitta, companions. So companions in the beautiful, beautiful companions. Mm. So... This is kind of, you know, the Buddha says this is the whole of the holy life. He meant not just all the details, but the the whole within which all the details are supposed to fit. The Eightfold Path, Patimokha, training people, lay people, everybody fit within this. So we, you know, Kalyanamitta, very beautiful thing to keep encouraging and uh, an epithet of the Dhamma so you can rely upon it and uh, in many epithets many occasions the Buddha said if you have Kalyanamita you'll get straight views you'll get right views you'll get understanding and seeing and feeling the value of virtue because you're seeing it around you not just ideas we are actually living it out it gets into your body begins to moderate your reactions, your impulses, your nervous system begins to be shifted out of kind of blurred, casual, you know, impulsive behaviour and it's like much more measured. And it has a steadying effect. Yeah. So if you're living in such company and there is that being practised and lived out, then it has this intimate effect. Yeah. It begins to not just change your way of thinking, but even change what you get aroused by and what you get motivated. Change it in your neurology, you could say, or your energy system, you know, in which you, you begin to really feel this is the important thing, this stuff doesn't really matter. This is where I'm getting.
getting the values and the inspiration, this this amount of stuff. And this is very necessary. A life is overwhelmed with details, flooded with details, often random, you know, you switch on anything, a flood of details, views and opinions, political programs, you know, news, flood, flood, flood. So what filters out the details is, you know, keeping that Kalyanamitta principles, virtue, uh, right speech. Someone who lives with good companions finds they they are listening, their speech is something they're careful about. Because speech is our most immediate way of affecting each other, our most immediate way of creating an atmosphere, which affects everybody, and creating karma. (laughs) What you speak that heart impression is then verbalized, goes into your way of thinking, and it becomes habitual. You get you know, habitually complaining, habitually aggressive, habitually gossiping, habitually slandering, habitually dismissing, you know, kind of, and it becomes habitual. It's karma. And everybody suffers from it. And you've got to break it. You live with people who are modeling it. You know, don't participate in unskillful speech it begins to die out. That's, that's the value of it. Things that we couldn't, would find it very difficult to do on our own, when you get the, the big picture, the Kalyanamita, and you're seeing it and you're living it, and people are just not participating and unskillful, it's much more useful than your own willpower, which flags and nature of that. And if you live that way, then your speech is going to start to get trimmed and no swearing, no cursing, no gossiping, no backbiting. Yeah. Or if it happens, you apologize. Oh, yeah, sorry. Made a mistake. And clean it up. And this is very much the whole process of, of uh, training. And whether you're a summoner or a layperson, same thing. Kalyanamita is not about monastic. It's about those who want to live according to the Dhamma. <laughs> yeah, and the Buddha says, you know, without Kalyanamita, you, you haven't got the full kit. You know, he says, for awakening, for stream entry, you need Kalyanamita. And you need Yoni Somani Sikara, deep attention. So they are really mirrors of each other. Deep attention takes you in to consider the thing wisely acting carefully, heedfulness. Kalyanamita does exactly the same externally. And the two together lift and push and filter and move the heart towards the stream of Dhamma. This is certainly not summoners. This is everybody. They people could be stream enterers. No reason why. If they cultivate this way. The whole picture. And then whether you're transgender, what gender, colour, nationality, details. And whatever it is, fit it into this. (laughs) Then the details are respected, but no longer dominate one's uh, attention or way of behaviour.
So, you know, the sense of, and to do this, people, we, we regard it so highly that people are definitely prepared to make enormous efforts uh, to foster that spirit of, of not just of, of that which is beautiful, or that which is companionable. So it's certainly uplifting, but it's also, the other bit is mitta, companionable. It's not just theoretical, it's actually, the Buddha says, skillful friendships, skillful companions, skillful comrades. He puts it three times, Kalyanamitta is. Friends, companions, comrades. So he's really laying it down. The sense of, this is not about positions. This is not about, you know, somebody, even a teacher. This is about caring for each other and committing to each other. I mean, what do you think it means? (laughs) Ask yourself. Not just as a parley word, but as, a, as an exercise in, in that. Do you find companions? Do you make an effort to be a companion? Hmm? You know, make an effort for it to be friendly, to be a companion, to be support, also to be open. Yeah, do you make an effort that way? Uh, that's going to pay off. If you find the Kalyana ones, those who are worthy of making an effort to befriend and to, to follow and to, you know, and the really uh, deep friends are not necessarily someone you immediately sense. You have to live with a person for a little while before you really get it. This is someone, you can trust them, you know, you can trust them. They're not going to, you know, speak about you badly. They're not going to deceive you. Yeah. So it's it's a pretty, it's not a romantic thing, it's a very pragmatic um, focus and requires effort. Then mm. all the details, you know, well, okay. And then, but then you have that, then you're feeling it's just too much to handle. But if you've got a lot of good friends, you say, I'm sorry, I, I can't do this. Okay, don't worry, we'll do it. That's the point. You know, that's how the details actually are filtered by the quality of Kalyanamiti. If we're good friends and good companions, someone struggling with having to do too much, they've got good friends and companions that say, I'll do that, I'm fine. I, don't worry about that, I can help that. Do the best you can. And so it really pays off pragmatically. Uh, and naturally the more that happens, the stronger the uplift and support you find in your own heart. Yeah. And I find it very uh, uh, beautiful just to have that focus. Notice, you know, I mean, people trying to sew their robes and you can get some senior monk who's done a lot of it and he's coaching them, and he's doing a bit for them, trying to help them out, not doing it all. So they have to learn, but he's certainly there, putting his time in, putting his effort in, you know, to get a sewing machine working and get everything sewed. <laughs> Just, you know, Judy Monk, oh God, I can't do this. <laughs> Steady on. <laughs> That's the way it works. <laughs> 
that's the way it works. Yeah. Uh, it's not just, uh, here's a rule, book of rules, <laughs> get on with it. It's somebody actually kind of stands beside you and says, come on, we can do it this way. You, know? you walk behind somebody, we'll go Bindabad, you walk behind me. You know? and so that, that's the way it works. You make an effort to be companionable. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Very important, I think, because, you know, one of the <laughs> biggest probably the single biggest um, karmically significant phenomenon in life is other people. Nothing gets you. Nothing annoys you. Nothing disappoints you. Nothing delights you. Nothing comforts you. Nothing damages you like another person. (laughs) Did you notice that? (laughs) It really gets there. So... (laughs) You know, oh, so that's, <laughs> and you realise that it's uh, very important to get this relational aspect. So it's not just you belong to institution number ninety-two and you're this, you're that, you're the work monk, you're the habit, you're the guest nun. No, it's not. It's not that. It's just those things have to be held within a, 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 a more holistic and 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 heartfelt uh, context. And I'm really, really pleased whenever I notice that happening, you know. So it's not just eight, you know, eight o'clock, your clock on, nine, ten o'clock, ten thirty, eleven o'clock, your clock off, that's your work day finished. No, it, that does not happen. There's people putting in effort lots of the time to support and help each other and listen to each other and, you know, be befriend. And probably in our you know, context, there's so much karma inherited. That means karma, I mean, both old karma, inherited habits, and fresh karma means the, the new stuff that you create. And the Buddha is saying, this is actually the crucial point of Dharma practice. <laughs> there's karma that leads to the end of karma. That is one definition of what this process is about. You can act, you can think, you can intend in ways that lead both to the elimination of unwholesome karma, to not establishing yourself on unwholesome patterns that you've learned, acquired, been inducted into, you know, to the point where the heart comes to rest, to nirvana, and purify you know? So when we look at old calm, we look at the way we see each other, you know, the way we can project, uh, be frightened, be intimidated, be infatuated by others. It's a, you know, mistrust, you know, contemplate that. This is old karma. You don't want to keep it going. You want to eliminate it, clear it. And uh, this is done primarily... You know, through first of all acknowledging this, but then, you know, the path factors and two very important themes. That is, one is the upright, the virtuous mind. The mind's not just virtuous; it's also honest. I am. It's like this now. You know, 
I do have a lot of irritation. I do get a lot of greedy habits. It's, it's upright, it's straightforward. It knows where it's at. And this has to be developed. And when this is developed, the Uju Chitta, then you've got a basis for authentic behavior and also for what are called the Brahma Vihara, you know, the big abidings, sublime abidings. Mm. Because you're coming into the truth of the heart. Even the truth of the heart is it's got confusion in it. Once you know confusion is confusion, and then at least you're not acting upon it, and you begin to sense what's really needed is some careful, compassionate attention to that. And people are great teachers for the Brahma Vihara. Mm. Ameta, Karuna, Muditupe, there are great possibilities there. And when you're living with people, it's very important to keep that possibility and that way of looking at others very much alive. Because if you don't, the likelihood is you'll see people in accordance with your old calming habits. <laughs> you know, you fall in love or you fall in hate or you reject or you blame or you project or you whatever, you know. And so to clean that out, you want to look at people with the mind based upon the qualities of metta, karuna, mudito, peka, goodwill, compassion, appreciation and serenity, equanimity. So, I mean, how do you do this? So, I, I generally practice, uh, I mean, I keep it going as best I can, you know, as a general theme. When, when I'm actually, particularly when I'm addressing people, really with people, if I'm not addressing them, sitting with them or thinking about them, this person has the quality, they have the quality of goodwill. It's not always there, but they do have that. <laughs> I've seen it, I know it. They have the quality of that which wants to feed, nourish, bring forth something. They have that heartfulness. And so I focus on that aspect. I've seen in them, or I know in them, or I, I, I sense it. And the rest of the other bits is just, yeah, everybody gets that. But they do have a good, they have this quality of metta. Yeah. And if you focus on that, focus on that, you start to feel relaxed, comfortable, your heart opens, you feel a little less nervous and uh, more. Focus on that. Because people are so frightening. Frightening. And, uh, you know, you never know when they just suddenly throw a verbal dagger at you, as we all have known. So people are potentially frightening. I don't want to live with that. So just, okay, this is also a person who, I've seen it. They have warm hearts. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. I bring that in. helps me to relax. And then I breathe with it, stay with it, feeling it. Even a few seconds, then my own heart starts to open. I want to give it back. I like it. Once it touches... It seems comes in and it starts to fill up and it starts to move out. And this is just the nature of heart, jitta. It's not personal. It's just a, 
I guess it's just a normal function. The Buddha seemed to think it was just the function of the healthy heart when it's not contaminated. It touches and kindness, you get a sense of it, and then without any particular obligation, you feel something rises up and you want to, so he wants to give it back. And that's, uh, that's what I notice anyway. You don't always know what to do or what's needed, but at least the heart comes out and you start to work out the details based upon that. Yeah. Is there so? And sometimes you do in a day. At the end of the day, do you ever just spend a few minutes, even ten minutes, just thinking or remembering today? Any gestures, any gestures, any acts, whether it's offering you a cup of tea, opening a door, or something, or just looking at you with a friendly gaze that made you aware this person has a mind of goodwill. <laughs> Did you notice it? Did you pick it up? Or did you get annoyed with something? What's going to do you more good? You know? She did this, she didn't do that. Is that, you know, linger with these things? Does it make you feel happy? Uh, Support your comradeship? Make you feel inspired? Or does it just make you feel annoyed, irritated, or dismissive? So I think. Sure, I'm sure there's things we can find ourselves disappointed or irritated by about each other. But as Kalyanamita, you want to be a companion to that which is beautiful in the person. The more you do that, the more you relate like that, the more you sense that, you see them that way, they begin to be affected by that. This is how it works. It's quite natural. You know, I think even my, and karuna, the quality, that which is in, interested in taking weight off your back, in taking pain from you, in uh, taking sorrow away from you, taking it off. Saying, I'll help you with that. Uh, talk to me about that. I'd like to listen to your problem. That which goes out of the way to take discomfort away from you. Whether you succeed or not isn't quite the case, but at least you recognize that intention. Similarly, when you get that happening around you, pretty soon, heart begins to fill up, and you're doing it to others. It becomes a whole mode of behavior, if you take it in. Uh, and so these mudita, that which we sense appreciation, gratitude, our, our enjoyment of each other, enjoyment of each other's um, skills and virtues. And I mean, yeah, it's... I mean, every day I'm just amazed at the skills and the virtues I see being enacted around me. Like, yeah. And how much my life is just made pragmatically, not just emotionally, pragmatically, I depend upon others' skills. You know, I depend upon the abbot, the secretary, the workman. You know, I depend upon them. I, you know, and they don't, I don't have to plead. <laughs> Actually look out now, you, can, you know, I really appreciate that. Now I want to do something back. 
I want to show them I care. I want to offer my bit. I want to appreciate their their efforts and enjoy it and be grateful for it. And so this is not just the kind of Christmas card sending a, I like you, thank you very much, thank you very much. It's actually, it's incredibly nourishing. Uh, And to the point in which all the, you know, irritating, confusing, off-handed stuff that goes down here, just, just don't bother, you know. <laughs> Latch onto that and start getting into, you know, bad karma. Yeah. Where's it going to go? <laughs> and how true is it? You know, because perceptions differ, don't they? But I know, I can sense, definitely I can sense, there is definitely effort, commitment to support, help, and none of it is obligatory. And that's pretty moving. Equanimity, sense of those beings, people you notice, you go through your ups and downs and this and that, and they don't turn away, they don't desert you, they don't give up on you, they don't, they're not finished, they just stay there. You know? And that is a very important value, virtue. I've known some of these venerables for 20, 30 years, 40 years. It's astonishing. <laughs> I know some of these people for 40 years, we've stayed with each other. <laughs> Yeah, and I've I've certainly not proud of my <laughs> everything I've done or said in that time. <laughs> not all of it's been blameless or perfect, but we stayed there, and it's still open, still, you know, still, you know, nobody's turned away or closed down, yeah. and nobody's saying whoopee, you know, you're the greatest. I don't need that either. You need that sense of just the clear mirror being held by someone you trust. It's not out to blame you or exalt you or make you just trust. Someone holds a mirror. You can see, right. You see, because they're not being knocked about. They're not deserting you or you know, finding favour with you for something you did or said, they're just there. And that, that quality, which is sort of doesn't seem so significant, is actually in the long run really significant because that's how you learn. You learn from the mirror, not from approval or disapproval, not from praise and blame, not from success and failure. You get the wrong messages from those. You learn from somebody who can hold mirror and you trust them. And then similarly, your heart opens in that same way and you see yourself with that same mirror and you see other people in that mirror and you think, yeah, just like me, born, dies, suffers, karma, 
you know, and the possibility of liberation. Let's not get stuck in the details. Let's not get stuck in the details. The whole picture. And the possibilities. And these uh, Brahma-vihara literally means sublime viharas and abiding place. And uh, just really important to have a place to live. And naturally we have a material vihara, stone and wood and things like that, and central heating and da-da-da-da-da, which has to be built um, you know, from materials that we have to take from the earth. Somebody has to buy it, make money with it, make money so they can buy it, offer it to us, create a vihara. And then, but at the end of the day, you know, when you go to bed at night, when you put your head down on the pillow, what does it matter? Yeah. I've been quite nomadic for the last few months and eventually you just don't really mind what places in Switzerland, Ireland, France, it's just another place, roof, shelter, nobody's bothering me, thank you very much. and appreciation and then the true vihara the one that you build yourself you don't have to have people donate thousands of pounds for and work you know and have engineers erect for you and keep you have to it comes from yourself so that's that's the true vihara because and that's the one that's our responsibility to create because that's the one that stays with you when you're dying you know, that's the one that stays with you. That vihara, you don't move out of that, or you don't have to move out of that, the rest of it falls down. Including this this body vihara. <laughs> you know, and visiting a elderly elderly relative who's, you know, severely challenged at the end of his days, and you see this person stuck inside a body. It's just like a weight of uncomfortable meat that's got no real potency in it anymore. Thank God, even that vihara, which you can scrub and exercise and do all kinds of things to, and yet, at the end of the day, it breaks down. But the Brahma vihara, Sublime abidings, and you can build those anywhere. And if you're not building them, you're not doing your work. This is this is the work of a dhammafera to build the vihara, this vihara, for their welfare and the welfare of others. When you cultivate it, build it and invite others into it. You make it bigger and stronger. And the karma of negativity and jealousy and despondency and irritability, all that fades out.
Mm. So if we're cultivating properly, we see all this stuff that's been, physical stuff has been generated, it's kind of like this was on loan <laughs> and we pass it on to the future, uh, people of the future, and it really belongs to the earth. But the one that we take with us, the Brahma Vihara, that's your own intimate cultivation that stays with you. And you can live it. You know, you can see it in others and you refresh your perspectives and your visions and your values and your ways of measuring others dependent upon those. Your life becomes friendly and happy and sensitive and companionable. Without it, it's just business. Business and organization. But you can have an organization like this, but if it's infused with that quality, then it's it it can all this nitty gritty of decision making and buildings and stuff can be cultivated within the Brahma Vihara yeah. and the sense of uh, out of as the Buddha says, I teach this out of compassion for future generations. So the Vihara extends even beyond your own lifespan. You know? And that's that Vihara's been going on. Like somebody somehow somebody picked me up out of the ditch <laughs> said do this. Yeah. Somebody said somebody when I was confused somebody said, Come here, don't worry about that, just focus on that. They didn't have to, they did it. Right? That's what I'll do. And that's how that vihara goes on. And the compassion vihara continues beyond our lifespan. And you're thinking, you've got something better to do? (laughs) You know, for your own welfare, ending karma, the welfare of others, so that when you leave this life, you're thinking, okay, you know, I think I did something for the welfare of others. And that was one of my fundamental aspirations, that whatever I do, before I just was on this verge of whether I was going to be, be a, take up monastic training or not, what do I want to do in my life? I like to do something I'm interested in, something that's for, going to strengthen me, my welfare, and also at the end of the life I can think, I passed on something worthwhile to at least one other person. And that wish has been fulfilled. But, of course, as you cultivate it, you think, well, more, 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 while there's still energy, more, 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 to, to make it stronger, to increase it, to make the wholeness bigger and richer. So as we cultivate, this is this is what illuminates companionship from just mere buddies. Companionship is what illuminates companionship in the holy life. This all makes it strong. This is what encourages faith to arise in others and perpetuates the Dhamma and the Vinaya. So this is something we should 
bear in mind in our Sangha gatherings, whatever the business, the real business is how these beautiful Dhamma qualities can be made manifest in this world. Hey, well.